Guys, welcome back to the Physique Factory podcast. And we've not done one of these in a while. So me and Connor are going to have a bit of a catch up first. Yeah, it has, it has been a little bit of a while, hasn't it? What was the last one we done? Was that two, three, four weeks ago, maybe? I can't remember what it was. Neither can I, to be honest. Um, what was it? Do, fuck knows. I can't even remember it. It has, it has been a wee while. We've... Um, We've we've been struggling to find time to actually um like both of us get on here and, and do it, haven't we? We've had well, we've had other priorities. That's the truth, isn't it? That's it. I mean, things start picking up this time of year, don't they? I mean, when you're looking at it in terms of like January, February, people expect it to be really busy. But for me, it's always like April. It's start of the summer. People want to get shredded for the summer, don't they? So it's always seeing the results there and thinking, right, I need to get in in shape. So it's that's messages, man. It's like uh, I'm going on holiday in June. I need to get shredded. I'm like. It's fucking April. Why are you messaging me now? <laughs> it's too late. It's gone. <laughs> ah, yeah, but that, that's kind of what you get at this time of year. So, um, I mean, it's, it's okay if people are, like, in a position to, like, go on a kind of hard-hitting diet, but it, it just depends. Like, if you've not got any, like, structure or foundation in place, then, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, I'm multitasking here. I'm looking to see what the last episode we done was. Got you thinking. Well, I mean, with clients, I've took on about seven in the last, couple of weeks who were going away in August. So yeah. they've got that plan. That's like four months away, which is pretty much perfect. That's decent. It's a bit better anyway. I mean again, it depends. Like um it depends on that person's starting point. Like a lot of the a lot of the people both of us are getting there are a bit more experienced in the gym. So it's like it's easier to, you know, just get them up and running very quick. But if you've got a complete beginner, like four months, you know, sometimes you can spend four months actually just trying to build a, a base, build a foundation. But sometimes um Sometimes sure. as a result of, you know, some of the stuff with these beginners, you know, if it's like, you know, getting getting on top of sleep, getting on top of like just decent nutrition, not even so much tracking macros and things like that, just decent nutrition, you know, stress levels, things like that. Sometimes actually doing that results in a bit of an accidental transformation, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, well, it's building those foundations and mentally, and they're just learning, aren't they? And they're yeah. taking that knowledge on the way, and it's the sort of, get into grips with it all and it becomes a part of their life where they don't really have to think about much and it's not a struggle anymore yeah yeah but um if you if you haven't like trained much before and you just want a crash diet just um you just have to say the code word just saying no carb and we'll um we'll send you over our our special no carb diet thousand calories a day um for eight weeks till your holiday you'll be sorted you can um again if someone's in the right place you can make some good progress in eight weeks can you yeah, I mean, it depends on the starting point, doesn't it? But even like... You're doing a crash diet for your holiday, are you not? Yeah, well, <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much... I was in not bad shape anyway. I'm just doing this to get the last bit of fat off. Yeah, so but what are you doing right now? I'm um, I'm pretty much on like two, two calories. Um, what have you come down from? What were you on before? 4,000. So it was... Uh, yeah, you didn't just hit that straight away, though. You didn't go 4K to 2, two did you? Pretty much. Fucking hell. That must yeah, be tough. I was meant I was maintaining weight at um at 4K and I was happy like where I was for, for that amount of calories and that I, I was happy when I was at 4K. Now I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> it's only a short amount of time. It's only like four weeks at like, yeah. this plus my output's increased as well. So I'm doing fifteen thousand steps, two minutes of cardio a day. Again, it's not like mega, but I'm I'm competing at the end of the year. So when I go away, so I'll go away in like three weeks, three weeks a day. Come back. I've got like a month chilling out. I'll probably hang around maintenance-ish, whatever you, that's supposed to mean. And then from there, I'll start prep, which will be obviously more calories, 
um, I can't remember how many weeks out. I'll probably be about like 12 weeks out by when I start prep, but I'm going to be really lean anyway. So it makes sense. It would make no sense for me to jump straight back into a prep 16 weeks out when I'm looking about four, five, six weeks out. So, no, I mean, it's, it's one of those things like, there's, it's good to be ready early, but you don't want to be ready too early either because that can be detrimental too. Um, yeah, but just, just cutting back a little bit. So like, can overnight you went, what, 4,000 down to 2-2? Two, two? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it's, man. The, how did that feel the first few days? Totally fine. Yeah, it's not bothering you at all. You know, today was the only day where I started feeling a bit hungry. Yeah, yeah. And your outputs went up as well. What What were you doing in terms of steps? I was, I was doing 12 and a half, but now I'm doing 15, so it's not, like, drastic. And then I've only threw in, like, cardio 20 minutes, four times a week, which isn't yeah. what... How, how do you find steps nowadays? Because I know personally doing more online coaching, I'm like, fuck, I'm actually having to go out here and make an effort to get steps in. Like, I'm only yeah. on 7,000 for today, and I'm going to have to actually go out and go a walk later. Compared to when I was, like, prepping last year doing 20,000 steps, some days I wasn't even thinking about it. All I had to do is work, and I thought, right, I go up to the res, do a trek around there. That's about, like, four or 5,000 steps, and then that that's all my steps. But... Now I'm having to actively go out and think about getting my steps in. I'm looking at me, my, my ring, seeing like how many steps it's got and, you know, really being on top of it and being aware. Because by the end of the other day, I got down, I was about 8,000 steps and it was 8 o'clock at night and it was going dark and I had to do laps around the house. Uh, not around the house, around the outside of the house, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know what I mean, just to get them in. There's nothing worse though when you are chasing it late at night because it, like, it seems to take forever then. When you're actually looking at your watch and you're like, fuck me, like how long is this going to take? It like... It, t- it seems to take like five steps to get one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. My one of my clients, he, uh, he used to come into the sessions. He went, "Oh, I was up till two in the morning getting steps." I was like, "What?" <laughs> well, I was like, "What?" I went, I to get them in. I was like, "Fair play to you. If you're not getting them in, then that's one way." <laughs> that's like, that's, a, that's the worst thing when you've got a coach because you do that and then they're like, "Why was your sleep shit?" <laughs> Exactly. That's what I, was say. I was like, "Then his sleep started getting fucked up," and I'm like, "We can't win here." And then. Um, Quitting his job and he had more time. He didn't quit his job for diet, but uh, <laughs> some else. But he sort of came together and ended up getting a really good result. And now he's got a really good job. How dedicated are you? Well, I'll quit my job for this. <laughs> yeah, some people have done that in the past. <laughs> people who are really dedicated. I mean, if you're not if you're not quitting your job to concentrate on your body composition, well, then you're just not taking this seriously. I mean, look, that's look, Andy from the gym. He didn't. He well, he saw I did that. He, uh, he quit his job. <laughs> what job he was in? He used to work for some like leisure company with like pool tables, and uh, he quit that and then started at the gym and started um, doing a PT course at college. So he basically did quit. <laughs> but going back to what we were saying earlier, though, when you're doing a, like a long day of PT, like it's really easy to get steps in. Like sometimes, like you've you've just been concentrating on working. The next thing you look at your watch, you're like fucking seventeen k. Like okay, that's nice. <laughs> and down the gym all the time. Yeah, I pace around a lot as well. Like when I'm do- doing a session, I just like I can't help myself. I must be like hyperactive. Do you find that's going to stop though when you start like getting to the boards of back end of a diet because your neat's going to go down without you thinking? Absolutely. So that's a really good point. Like once you once you are like deep into a diet, once you're getting pretty lean, and like yeah, you, your body almost tries to fight back, doesn't it? It's like well, fuck, I don't want to. Basically, your body doesn't want to be in a deficit any longer. It wants to be in a state of relative balance. It wants to be in what's called homeostasis. So basically, it wants you to be at maintenance calories all of the time, and um, it will try and bring you back there. So like I, I remember at the back end of the last prep, I'd only just started like PT at that point, but like um, I remember um being in sessions and I was like sitting down 
on like the back of the leg press and that. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, this this isn't right. Like, yeah, I had to catch myself out a few times. But um, and then I've seen it with friends as well, like that are also PTs. If they're like that the business end of a diet it's like oh i see them like sitting on the leg extension next to their um you know client who's on the hamstring curl or something it's like yeah i i feel you but you've got to just get up and kind of force yourself to do it don't you that's it that's the hard part though and when you're getting those steps in a while you're on the treadmill you're literally dragging yourself through it and it's uh it's hard work i wouldn't know much about being on the treadmill james no you don't do cardio do you <laughs> well so, let's, yeah, ne- I, let's never I say didn't... never <laughs> I didn't do any cardio the last prep. I was doing like 20,000 steps a day, but I was still dragging myself up and down like the park and around the res just yeah. to get them in. Do you remember when we entered that um, seminar? Was it the uh, the PT project? The first, yeah. the first one yeah, they did. And I have no idea what they were saying. Luckily, it was only like a basic intro that we was doing and we sort of got invited along to it. But um, we didn't really have to like take in much, but I everything was just like, even when they were speaking to me, just going over your head. Yeah, I just couldn't concentrate at all. And then when Josh literally said later on that afternoon, yeah, we'll have an extra uh, 200 grams of carbs today and tomorrow, I was like, yes. You got yourself a subway that night, didn't you? We did, yeah. We had a subway. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, that fits in well. Cool. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting fact, actually, because I was speaking to a client the other day and she was on about, like, um, she's going through that kind of time of life where women, obviously, start having different issues and things like that. And uh, she was on about, like... um, you know, the brain fog and everything that people get from that. And she was saying that some women actually um, supplement testosterone and it helps clear up the brain fog. And I was like, that's interesting because that's clearly then what's happening at the business end of a prep. It's like your yeah. your testosterone's low and that's obviously what's, well, part of what's causing the brain fog. I know your brain likes carbs as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's that for function because um, they say when you do like exams or anything like that, you want to make sure you're eating enough carbs just for that, that the cognitive function because that's going to carb yeah. up for for your exams. Yeah. Three day carb up. <laughs> your brain uses the sugar, um, the glucose as fuel, doesn't it? So that's yeah. what your brain mainly like works off. But obviously, you can break down things like fats or even proteins um, to form like glycogen. So that's a form, that's a way of doing it. But that's why people can do keto and the brain doesn't go to mush. So, um, it's, it's an interesting thing to bring up because. Um, we obviously we done that course recently on nutrition and um with with what you call them muscle nerds and he's a big believer um in like you know overfeeding protein almost because of that kind of that kind of turning them into carbs so what's it called glucogenesis turning protein into carbohydrates because um what the reason he likes it and I think what he means is mostly for like you know just your your normal kind of client not like not a competitive bodybuilder or something like that but um you know because obviously overeating the protein turning it into carbohydrates is like expensive in terms of like it costs you energy to do that. It's going to, you're going to need to burn energy to do that process. So he likes it from that point of view, the the client who's overeating protein is actually burning more calories by doing so. Hopefully that makes sense. It's like it's 30% of the calories from protein is used to digest it. When you look at carbs, it's roughly around about 10%, maybe a little bit more if the fiber and then for fat, it's like one to two. So if you compare those ratios, the protein you're going to burn a lot of calories from digesting it yeah and then obviously that's without taking glucogenesis into account as well yeah that's it so you got glycol- how- glycolysis right. ah yeah yeah sorry Glucog- yeah. You got, um <laughs> is it neo the glucogenesis, there's loads of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, getting a bit mixed up with our terms here. Nutrition, um, well, deep nutrition is not my strong point. I'll be the first to admit that. Like, um, I know on a basic level, like that course was called Basic Nutrition or Foundations of Nutrition, wasn't it? And I was like, fuck me. 
It didn't actually that basic, is it? got deep i mean there was a lot of deep stuff that i did in uni in terms of nutrition when it comes to sports nutrition and they went through all like the krebs cycle and all the stuff like that, in that course it was it's interesting but that was mainly like applied to athletes but when we start looking at like physique based people and competitors or whatever it changes a little bit yeah definitely i think the problem for us as well is like we spend a lot of time on biomechanics anatomy and things like that and it's like you you forget things almost don't you you need to you need to practice this stuff to stay good at it really yeah, don't you, you need to keep going over. yeah you need to keep going over it. it's crazy how much like information people can retain but as soon as you start learning one thing someone's getting like pushed out and you just need to stay on top i think it's like using it as well using what you know obviously you're yeah. not going to forget it if you use it so we need to find some way of making it all applicable like some of the biomechanic stuff the stuff that i don't use from that i mean it is fun to learn but it's um yeah, it's just uh, it's hard to keep it all in your brain. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's it. As, as you say, if you're not applying it, if you're not using it every day, it becomes, yeah, it gets put to the back of the brain almost. But then it's, it's when something does come up, like, say, I don't know, like right now I've, I've been looking at the elbow joint a lot, right? And there's lots of, like, little things in there that, you know, maybe, although we're, we're moving around that joint every day, maybe you're not, like, needing to go right into the nuances of it every single day until there's an issue but then when you do dive back into it obviously the memories come flowing back and it's like okay yeah this this and this but uh yeah so it's 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 i suppose it's still there somewhere it's just sometimes it has to be reignited we went from uh, steps it, to study tips <laughs> that's it it's everything in one of this podcast yeah definitely we've um we've actually got a client call coming up after this we're um we're exploring squats tonight so that's going to be exciting just uh all about squats i've called it so um that's that's our next kind of port of call which is um it's a it's a deep subject there's a lot we can talk about there isn't there there's a lot again it's very like person dependent squatting isn't it so it depends on what we've got to work with terms like female length torso length that float and thing that we talk about um the range in your hips all that shit and your ankles yeah the leg, uh, not the leg press that you're using. I was waiting to say the leg press that you're using. Why am I thinking about leg press? But that's obviously, that's obviously another consideration too, because a lot of these considerations come into the leg press. Then obviously limb limbs and things like that are going to affect the, the way you fold up in a leg press as well. Um, torsional length, obviously not not so much there, but um, yeah. And then obviously with squats, there's lots of uh, different variations of squats too. So if you're doing, I don't know, like a, a safety bar squat versus a barbell squat versus a goblet squat they're all going to be there's going to be slightly different considerations for each and every one but um yeah a big part of what we what about what about a smith machine squat um i've never done a lot of them to be honest but i can see the i can see the logic and the reason for it in some cases yeah yeah i mean like depends where you put your feet because you don't really have to maintain that center of mass so the bit of support here because it changes it's like a hack squat isn't it then yeah so where the uh the machine's guided itself so you're not having to maintain that balance you can sort of push back into the bar obviously you might not lift as much if your feet are too far forward but again what's the goal you, you can yeah you can manipulate it a bit better though to get what you want out of it so like um, I read somewhere that uh, Dorian Yates used to do Smith machine squats after he had problems with his lower back. Um, and Dorian Yates is no biomechanics expert, but he still knew 
that by getting in there and being more upright, he was putting less kind of less sheer force on his back, potentially more compressive force on his spine. But the spine's ready for compression, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, like, um, it makes sense from that point of view. Absolutely, someone that maybe doesn't fold up well into a squat, it makes sense from that point of view. It's a bit more stable in the squat, so it makes sense from that point of view. Um, it's just not something I've incorporated that much, to be honest. It's something worth a try. I think I've, I've done them a couple of times in the past, but. For me, hack squat. I think the hack squat just suits me so well. Um, yeah. Even like pendulums probably don't aren't the best for me. I don't mind them, but hack squat is perfect. Do you want to know something interesting while we're on the subject of this stuff? Um, I don't know if you've seen that video I put up on the Cybex leg press, and I was like, uh, "Is this Nick Broom uh, approved yet?" Um, oh, the, yeah, the the deepish kind of leg press. Well, ever since then, my SI joint has been absolutely killing me. So that's what I get for exceeding my active range. <laughs> that's exactly what happens to me. My SI joint is in bits every time I try and go so deep where I feel my actual hips moving. And I thought, just to get a bit more, I thought, you know, what, it's fine, tolerating it. A couple of days later, my SI joint is an absolute fucking agony. I was like, not a good idea. See, Nick's used to getting that depth because he's used to getting bummed. So, yeah, yeah. But see, when you're used to getting bummed, I mean, it's quite easy, isn't it? But um, like, yeah, ab- absolutely. Like, it's one of those things. Like, you would never tell a client to do that. You'd never say to a client, just go into a passive range. You'll be fine. <laughs> Yet for ourselves, we were stupid enough to do it. Exactly. No, but it's um, yeah. I've never actually really told a client to get into a passive range. I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like some people will get away with it. You see people do it every single day, and some people are getting away with it week after week, and it's it's causing no issues, but. Someone like me does it once, and I've got a sore fucking arse for the next week. Uh, it's not worth the risk, though, because you can still get the same results without going into those passive ranges. Yeah, and then, I mean, look at me, for example. I've done that last uh, Friday or Thursday, and it's still in pain now, so I, I didn't manage to deadlift properly on Monday. I'm meant to do legs tomorrow, and at this rate, I don't know how well that's going to go, because even when I hack squatted after it um, last week, like I was getting to the bottom of the hack squat, and it was starting to feel a little bit dodgy, so fuck knows, but lesson learned. Yeah, did you, uh, did you see the hack squat I was using on Monday? Yeah, I did. i seen that video that you put up of uh, Bex on it, and I've, I've never seen them with that little pad that comes out. That's incredible. Yeah, it's 10 grand that hack squat. So it's expensive. <laughs> I don't care how much it costs, get me one. <laughs> yeah. So it's got a little pad that comes out. You get a little bit more hip flexion, push your sacrum back into it, get a little bit more quads. And then you can change things around again by pushing it all the way back and using it normally. I mean, you're still working your quads a shitload by doing it normally, but you're using your glutes a tad. It's amazing. Like, it was a good video you put up today on that. Actually, anyone that's listening to this, go check out James's Instagram um, about, like, obviously how you can, like, change your intent to change the exercise slightly um and like where that might be useful is if someone's got like bad knees or something and they're on the hack squat and they still want to do the hack squat and grow their quads well you can just shift the emphasis a little more reduce the torque demand on the knees essentially um but yeah that was, that was a cool video but um the only thing is right so you're saying a 10 grand hack squat right for that little thing but also you said in the video you could just use a foam roller yeah, get from a little wacky on your shoulders, lean forward a little bit, get a bit more hip flexion, bang, there you go. But the only with that hack squat is, it's so adjustable, like the foot plate moves up and down, so you can change the friction on your feet. So if you put it a bit more flatter to the ground, a bit more like horizontal yeah. rather than vertical, 
you're going to get a bit more friction pushing back at your feet and then obviously that's going to weight your quads a little bit more. And then you've got bands where you can attach them from the bottom, you can attach them from the top. They've even done it where you do, don't need a daisy chain or anything like that. So you can literally loop it over this roller and then you can literally, daisy chain, carabiner, you don't need one. You can literally loop it over the roller the back and there's another place like to attach the band and it's pretty cool. So is that the, the only thing? One, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the Atlantis one. It's it's meant, but the only thing that lets it down is the handle position, because they've got some handles there and they go out to the side. So instead of being there, they go out at an angle there. And mm. anyone who's like restricted external rotation, it's, it's just awkward. Like Nick got into it, it was like, wow, that's not comfortable putting your hands there. There were some handles at the bottom when the seats like really like push forward and, and incline like that. So I was just holding on to those, but if you did it a bit too far back, it just feels awkward where to grab it. But it's, yeah, I did like it. It's like one of the best hat squats I've used. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about the Atlantis ones is uh, the fact that they're like they're like what a thirty degree incline or something. They're not really that high, are they? It's almost like lying down. Thirty-five, I think they are. Yeah, they're not a lot. Same, like... same one in our gym, like the. Um, I the, the Nautilus one. To be fair. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But um, the thing with those ones is obviously you can load them up a lot and it looks great for the gram. I think that's what puts me off it. It's just like people loading them up and they're like, oh, uh, you know, whatever, 200 aside on the hack squat. It's like, fuck off, mate. It's, it's all relevant to the angle. <laughs> yeah. It's being asked to put the weights on as well. Like, yeah. Putting so weight and weight and weight. But the, the thing with the, the, the more upright it is, it tends to trigger my knees off that, the more vertical something's yeah. going down. Yeah. Well, that's it. I suppose it's going to be, again, putting more more force on the knees but then you could argue that the the 35 degree one you're loading it up more so again it's still potentially doing the same thing but um we have like a 55 degree one and uh i like that i like the fact that i've only got to put like um five plates on it it's fine it's like you're going straight up and down nearly i know it's not that bad to be fair i mean when you look at it next to the leg press like it's obviously only 10 degrees more than that i mean i have used worse than that I have used um, hack squats that are higher angles. We used one, we were in Prague once in a stag do, and we went into this gym, and uh, I just looked at it. I didn't even know anything about biomechanics at the time. I was like, that thing's a fucking knee breaker. I knew that straight away. <laughs> it was pretty much upright. Have you uh, have you used the the Watson one, the, the non-adjustable old one? Because that is the worst hack squat I've ever used. It just felt like my knees were going to explode when I was using it, and that's when I had healthy knees. I don't think I've used a non-adjustable. I've used the adjustable... And the problem with the adjustable one is I actually can't get to depth on it. There's like pins blocking you. Doesn't is matter it what bottom? angle it's at. You just I can't go to the bottom. The only thing you can do is obviously put like um like pads on your shoulder, use like yoga blocks or something like that. You could do that, but you don't want to have to do that. Like surely whoever designs the machine can look at that and be like, I mean, I'm not the only person in the world that's like five foot five. <laughs> yeah, you need the the pads on the shoulders. But yeah, that that Watson one, I just it was a foot plate. It was how heavy the actual carriage was on it, and yeah, piece of shit. Most of Watson <laughs> stuff's a piece of shit. Most of it is. Here's a question for you: Is there a good Watson machine that you've used? Um, that true squat was okay. Hmm, I've never used that before. Yeah, I've not used it for a working set, but I did give it a go when I saw it. Um. Or was it shreds? That was not sure. It was a decent piece of kit, but every other piece of Watson stuff, absolutely shite. Dumbbells are all right. Not the rotating ones. Yeah, Ew. I've never used them either. 
stupid. I mean, the gym that I used to work at, they had like these rotating fat grip dumbbells. And I was like, that's the worst decision I've ever seen anyone make. Probably financially pretty poor as well. Yeah, I was like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want rotating dumbbells? Because it reduces stability, meaning you can't load it as much. And the fat grip sort of does the same. It's Fatter grips don't make more muscle. They can probably do the opposite. So it's not a good idea. I don't know. It was what a Charles Bond. Yeah, but what would you say? Um, so what's the best machine you've used? If you had to pick one? Out of anything or Watson? Just out of anything in, in the world? <laughs> It's a hard question. I'm trying to think of my answer right now. Shit. Fucking hell, it's got me thinking that. I mean, this the slatterized and then there's like plate loaded, isn't there? <laughs> you're wanting to categorize. I just want one answer. Oh, I don't know. If you had right, if you're buying a gym, what's the first piece of kit you're getting? Cybex Bravo. All right, okay, a cable stack. That's a bold move. It's because you can do so much on it. I mean, are you limited? In equipment or no, no, you've got all the money in the world. What's the first thing you're buying? Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one. It is a tough one. We're just gonna have like moments of silence on the podcast now where we both try and think. I don't know what my answer to that is either, by the way. I'd probably actually I I do, I do. I would get um I'd get like an original kind of Nautilus row, you know, the compound row. Oh yeah. The selectorized one. Yeah, that's the first thing I'd get. Yeah, I used that the other day. Ultralex, awesome. Love that piece of kit. Yeah, they're really good. And then I'd, I'd quickly follow that with a pull down. Yes, they, they, they have that as well. It's class. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I love. I think it's got to be something Nautilus. I'd kit out of the gym. Everything Nautilus Nitro is amazing. Nautilus Nitro Explode. Pretty much every one of those pieces is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a gym not far from me. Um, it's that guy Gareth from the Physique Collective. He's got he's got a, a good a collection of um, Nautilus kit. So I've only been down there once, but I, I do keep meaning to go back down again because uh, even just to use the row and the pull down that again, it's, um, it's just a small gym, but it's, it's a nice wee setup to be fair. Um, But yeah, like yeah, I'd probably get those two Nautilus pieces. I'm trying to think what else Nautilus to be fair. Like he's, he's got the peg deck, um, Nautilus peg deck um, and reverse. Oh, I was, I was a, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that because he used it the other day in um, flexing zone. They've got the decline one and they've got the, the flat one where you can use it as a, um, Ray Delt thing, but wasn't yeah. a fan. Just wasn't I thought a fan it was quite nice actually for a peg deck. It felt really uncomfortable because I pretty much nearly stacked it, and the the arms were just jamming into my bicep, and I was like, "Wow, that's the, really." I never actually used it for a working set. To be fair, I just mucked yeah. about on it. I'd, well, I've been training legs. When you load it up, it's not very nice, and then when you do the rear delts on it, I was sort of coming out the seat, and you sort of you need a seat belt, and it was I didn't really have much to put my feet into. But it's it wasn't the worst. It just wasn't the best. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, mostly Nautilus Nitro stuff. Is, Nautilus, is... Cybex, a lot of their stuff. Um, a lot of the like Eagle range and a lot of the VR two stuff as well is pretty good. Um, but there are some bad pieces from every equipment manufacturer. To be fair, I see Cybex is dead as well. Yeah, it's dead, and Life Fitness is just awful now. They started trying to like put all the Cybex Eagle stuff into their new range, haven't they? But it looks absolutely dog shit from what I've seen on the videos. I mean, the, the leg press, the back pad still doesn't adjust. They've probably got all the cams wrong on the machines. That um, that um, Cybex Eagle leg press, the selectorized one, is fucking brilliant. And I think a lot of people will look at that and they'll be like, oh, well, it's not 45 degree one, it's not plate loaded, and they'll be like, that looks like a piece of shit. But until you use it, you don't realize how good that machine actually is, eh? 
Oh, it's, it's class because you can manipulate it in so many ways because it's got two cams, hasn't it? Yeah. So it's got the distance cams. You can like manipulate those. Whereas, again, all the Eagle stuff, it's got cowboy belts, so you can. it makes things easy to do um, with the, what they called? The I could be magnets on them. Yeah, the magnets and the tape. So, yeah, yeah that's that the Cybex and Nautilus. If someone could say, like, what equipment you would use for a gym, then, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, they are they are pretty much the goats. Is there um, what's an underrated brand that's not Cybex or not us or something that most people have heard of? I don't know. There's not many underrated brands. I'm trying to think as well. <laughs> I'm just coming up with random equipment questions now. I've seen a lot of different ones in Northern Ireland, a lot of different brands that they're not good, but I've just seen a lot of different brands that you've maybe never heard of before. Um I'm trying to think of the name of one of them. I can like picture it, like Max Strength, it was or something. Um, they've got got that in like a, a gym I've I've been to over there. There's a lot of them. There's a couple of gyms in Balmina actually that have got like I don't know, just like custom made stuff that's just totally random, <laughs> weird and wonderful. I think Extreme Gym's a bit like that too in Glasgow. Like there's three or four of them. I've only been to one. But the one I went to, it's got got like fake hammer strength. It's like got fake stickers on it. It's not even the right font or anything. You're like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? But um, oh, um, I used Hoist the other day. Yeah, what do you think of that? I've never used that a lot either, to be no, honest. There's no point in it moving. I mean, the row was fucking awesome. Really like that row. Um, really, really liked it. But there's still no point in it moving. It's just like being on a um, like what do you call it? Like being at a fucking carnival ride or something yeah. while you're doing your row. Yeah, literally. So it doesn't change. The, it Does it change, change the path of motion at all? It, it doesn't change the forces on your joints, but it can change what it, where it's lining up with. So right, I okay. started off this row as I was pulling. The The direction of resistance doesn't change, but it, your body orientates differently. So I was a bit more over when I was rowing. And then as soon as I started rowing, the chest started coming upright a little bit more, meaning I'm going to work more potentially like upper traps and things like that so that's what i didn't really like about it that much just because it moved there's no that's the only thing what happened when it moved is there any yeah. adjustment in that at all nope hmm. i need i need to come down to an ultra flex and just have a muck about in some things you know that because like uh in scotland like we've got a few good gyms but there's not it's not a lot really like out, out of what i've been to like future fitness in glasgow um that um gareth's gym down in um where's that bonus um the flex unit's all right. And um, where is that? I can't remember even where that is. It's down bonus direction too. Um, but yeah, like that's about it. There's um pro life and um, Paisley as well, actually. It's it's not bad. It's got a lot of it's not Cybex Eagle, but it's um Cybex like prestige range. They've got a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's not bad to be fair. Um, so they're probably apart from the body academy, obviously, but I I think as well, when you train at a gym, you get used to the equipment too. Um, and you, you definitely like I don't know. I, I I'm used to the stuff there, and to be fair, the Body Academy is pretty kitted out as well. We've got a lot of Cybex stuff, we've got a lot of like old Nautilus stuff and things like that. So we've got a lot of good kit. Um, but like I've trained legs in various different places in Scotland. And every time I'm like, I should have just fucking trained at the Body Academy. Every time. <laughs> but um, you know what's, what's that? You know what you've got there, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we we've got a good leg set up to be fair. We have got a, a decent leg set up, especially considering it's not not the biggest gym. We've not got any like we've not got any gyms the size Ultraflex up here or anything like that. Not that I know of. If anyone's listening to this and they're like, yes, we fucking do, let me know. <laughs> I don't have to come like up to you. And when I get back off holiday, I'll have to come up and I'll have to sort something out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, get get a session in at the Body Academy and uh, 
even take you down to that little nautilus hidden gem. But um, yeah, definitely. And then obviously I will be down there later in the year anyway, um, competing at some point. Hopefully I'll be down twice for British finals as well. But um, oh, nice. Is that Birmingham? It's Coventry, actually. Randomly. It's got they're always in the Midlands anyway. The finals aren't they? <laughs> it's probably the best area to have them though, isn't it? Yeah, it's in between. Like the last time I competed, the the British finals was in Leatherhead down past London. Like, oh, I know it seems like a fucking effort, eh? That's (laughs) a stupid. I was actually looking at show dates because I was like, see if I'm ready early. I wonder if I could do like other shows. And it's the Midlands two weeks before the Northern, and then it's like the Southern two weeks before that. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking Leatherhead. No way. Can't be arsed. (laughs) Bit of a trek. Bit of a trek. But um, what shows are you planning on doing, James? Um. On the first weekend, there's two. There's one on the second, and there's one on the third. The one on the second's two bros, which is a pro qualifier. Qualifier, you've got to do that to qualify for the qualifier, which is a pro qualifier. Um, uh, yeah, and then qualify for that. Qualify. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the next day is PCA Manchester. Which so that's is, um, that's so like the weekend after I'm planning on competing. Then the second, you're on the second and third of September. Yep. Yeah, I'm planning on doing. Um, the BMBF Northern Show in Manchester that's 26th of August. So that's my plan right now. Um, that's what Brandon's doing. Yeah, well, Brandon's going to smash me in overall. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, he keeps saying this to me. <laughs> He's out for vengeance against me for some reason. Yeah. For some reason, I know. For some reason, it's got something against you. Oh, well, whatever drives him on. But um, the, the only other thing is, potentially, there's Midlands two weeks before that, and, like, potentially, I might jump in that. We'll see. But, um, nice. yeah. I'm aiming at the Northern. But um, yeah, we better wrap this one up. We've just talked a lot of random shit today, but we have our client call coming up, so we better wrap this one up. Otherwise, we'll have some disappointed clients. Definitely. Thanks for listening, guys.